What's up, all you old school, new school motherfuckers? It's that time again, bitch. It's another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your trashy ass host, Christy Miller. And I am very excited to have this person in my studio this week with me. He's hilarious. He's very old school people. He's old school and he's one of us. And I love this guy. I just recently appeared on his podcast, Where's the Grief, which was so much fun. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. And he actually leads a a grief group as a grief counselor for people that lose loved ones or friends or people that suffer loss. So he's now making a killing at it with his podcast with comics because, you know, we're all fucking miserable pieces of shit and lose everything. (laughs) (laughs) And you may have seen him on the first season of Last Comic Standing. And he was also on the pilot episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Say that 10 times fast. I want to introduce to you my good friend, Mr. Jordan Ferber. Oh, boy. (sighs) Fuck yeah. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Thank you, New York. <laughs> I will, just want to clarify, I'm, I'm not like a grief counselor. I run a support group for bereaved siblings, but there are no professionals there. We're all just siblings that are there to talk. And I'm not, I'm barely an expert in my own grief. <laughs> it's a bringer show for griefs. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, <laughs> it's hard to find places to talk about it. Yeah. And I, I tell people in my group all the time, you know, you can go to, a, you can find a therapist that's good at grief, but unless they've lost a sibling, how, what do they know about it? You know, I feel yep. like learning about how to deal with the, the the loss of a sibling, you know, and grief. It's like it's a lot like learning how to swim. You can't really learn it from a book. You got to fucking get in the water. Yep, you got to get in and drown. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, you learn by not drowning. Yeah. Essentially, get yourself out of that. It. Is how we learn to swim. Yes. Uh, in the grief realm, we learn we we learn by not drowning. Fantastic. No, I had a really great time on your show, and it gave me a it gave me an outlet to tell funny stories about my mother who passed away last March. Right. And uh, I found it very therapeutic, and it was it was a lot of fun to tell funny stories about her that necessarily I would never tell on stage. Right. That's not really stage material stuff. It's just personal, silly incidents yeah, yeah. that don't translate as a bit on stage for me. Well, that's yeah, not my style. I mean, when you give fuller context to some of these things, there are so many great stories that don't always lend themselves to a performance piece. Yeah. Like I always tell people, I'm like, I have stuff like, you know, I have my style on stage. I'm a ranter. I'm a roaster. You know, I, I just go off on tangents. But like, I like stuff like that because then I have a podcast act you know what i mean like this whole (laughs) kind of thing you know like i have material for podcasts versus those guys that do jokes on stage and they do their same jokes on the podcast you know it's like uh dude we just saw that you know well it's like the old carson show you know you had to do a different set when you did panel yeah a hundred percent like you had to save jokes for johnny to ask you right and uh yeah, no, that's no, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and I appreciate it. And you guys need to check it out. Where's the grief? Where can they find that podcast? You can, it's on Apple, uh, iTunes. You know, it's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcast, really, you can go to where'sthegrief.com if you're kind of old school and don't use any of the, Fuck, the, yeah. the, the, the podcast apps. <laughs> and for the new schoolers, um, TikTok, um, Grinder, <laughs> wherever you you know swipe right. Yeah. So um, I'm so happy to have you on the show this week because there's a lot going on in this comedy world right now. Thrilled and delighted to be here. <laughs> you look so, if you could see his face right now, you could see the sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. You know, I do like, you know, we get crammed into a little 
uh, little sound booth in New York. You know, it's yeah. in the back of the comic strip. Let's do it. Yep, the comic strip live. You guys, I love this club. It's my favorite place. This is where I recorded my album, for fuck's sakes. Brutally Yours on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Tidal, wherever you get your music. And uh, like my little plugs. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, a lot's been going on around about the last few years about cancel culture and comics saying the wrong things on stage and you can't say that. And you're from the old school like I am where comedy was therapeutic. Right. We dealt with grief. We deal with tragedy. We deal with taboo subjects so we can laugh and process it in a logical way where we can actually, oh, okay, let's handle this and solve the problems because we were able to absorb it instead of just tragically throwing it at people. Right. <laughs> and uh, so this week, in the latest realm and the latest episode of Cancel Culture, we have a comedian named Jocelyn Chia who is being put through the ringer from her homeland of Singapore and from Malaysia about a crowd work joke she did at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these things get blown out of proportion. You know, oh, they're getting canceled. You know, she's still working at the Cellar. She, the, you know, her some of her social media accounts got uh, suspended, but they're back up. It's not like... They, oh, they're back up now? Yeah, I think okay. so, yeah. she's. It was like a slap on the wrist from, like, you know, community guidelines, standards. So so many people reported it, and, some, and then so was taken down so they could look at it and be like, mm, actually, that's probably not that... I I had actually uh, uh, a comment flagged by Facebook today. Stop. On a comment that I made about you. Well, I reported it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I didn't see that. Yeah, I, my, my friend posted a thing saying, why can't I find uh, a, a sexy, strong, like, you know, strong woman that, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, I remember the powerlifter thing. Yeah, but he power wasn't lifter. strong enough to get her attention or something or catch her eye or right. something like that. And you you com- you tagged me in it, and I just laughed because I'm like, oh, that's funny. It's silly. He, he, he commented on it saying, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. I said, well, it's too bad you ain't cracker. That's great. That almost, and that almost, that got flagged by community guidelines. They're like, this looks like hate speech. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so he hates so, so I screenshotted it and put that as a comment. Ah, so, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got canceled today for uh, some bullshit. You and Jocelyn could have <laughs> did the racist tour. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. We, that's hilarious. We would call it Miso Sali. I don't know. I don't know what we would call it, but... Uh, <laughs> Miso, uh. <laughs> miso soup. Right. Mis- there you go. Miso soupy. <laughs> miso soupy sales. Nothing. <laughs> Come on, people. Work with me. Yeah, I I watched the joke, and you know, um, you know, I'm, I I don't hang out with her. I don't know her that well. It's a different circuit. It's a different crowd. You know, so and we've done shows together in the past. Right. But that doesn't make you friends. It just makes you comics on a lineup. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, but I watched the joke and I was like, I, you know, it's quick on your feet crowd work, you know, and she's probably not known for crowd work. But now that that's the thing to post, everybody's posting crowd work because that's what comedy is now. You just go and berate the crowds. Well, I mean, to a certain but, degree, some people are posting crowd work clips because these are not bits that they're working on that are right. going to be part of their next 100%, hour. hundred percent. You know, yeah, you, can, I, you can burn through your crowd work stuff and not have to worry about the stuff that you're going to yeah, pay people to buy. Yeah, when I was doing my album, I only posted to- crowd work or silly stuff or stuff that I knew was not going on the album. And then once the album was out, I just posted clips f- like, you know, bit, little mi- one minute clips right. from bits on the album itself to push the album. Yeah. But uh, but it's so funny that it's like there's so like I'm like uh, uh, but to that point. Absolutely. Because I did it. But 
I don't do it all the time. Right. So, um, but there's also, I'm like, I watch all these crowd work clips on TikTok and shit and Instagram reels and stuff. And I'm like, all these comics can't be working on an album at the same time. Not <laughs> serious. I mean, I have a four record deal. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to drop that on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like not everybody... Not everybody's working on an album, but that's just what's that's just what goes viral because people love crowd work clips. They love hecklers. They love when a heckler goes mad or when a heckler gets owned by the comic. Right. And people love that shit because they love to see people get ridiculed. Right. Well, that's you know that's I mean that feeds into everything that Jocelyn did. I mean she's been she did it great. Yeah. I loved. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. People didn't like it. I thought it was very clever. And people are like, oh, it wasn't that clever. No, it was actually pretty smart because I wouldn't have come up with that. Right. Because I'm not, I mean, I know about the Malaysian plane disappearing and I watched the Netflix thing on it and how and that whole documentary, that was crazy. You guys should check that out. That's yeah. a mind blowing documentary. And then, you know, my closest connection to it is manifest. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you and I have a manifest addiction. Right. And, uh, but it's like, it was very on the spot in the moment was very clever and i i enjoyed it i'm sorry i just thought it was kind of funny and yeah i didn't realize it was that bad that singapore and malaysia are after her you know if it was really that bad you know wouldn't people have fucking left the club in disgust you know there was no outrage like on the day you put it up online people that take that stuff out of context and just want to be you know people take all these things way too seriously i, I feel like and you know I hear stories about people who put up their specials on like YouTube or whatever. And there's a comment section in the comment section. The people that, that have they're missing the jokes completely. Well, not people, even not, they're not even being, you know, some some of them are not be, being offended by stuff. They're just not understanding what humor is. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think people just go online like their whole job is to troll. Right. Like their whole job is to start shit. And the trolls are what keep your algorithms going. Yeah. And. It's like, yeah, troll me. I don't care. Just go off in the comments. I I had somebody troll me the other day hard because I made a Matt Reif joke. And for those of you who don't know who Matt Reif is, but you've seen him in your feed all week, this kid started at 15. Yeah. And he opened for Ralphie May, one of my dearest friends in the world. And Ralphie took him on the road when he was young and paid him a little extra so he could get his teeth. His teeth were fucked up. The kid's dad killed himself and his stepdad was abusive and you know he got his teeth fixed with the money that ralphie was paying him more because ralphie may was one of the most generous human beings yeah. i've ever known in my entire life is what i hear from everybody who yeah, knew him he's, yeah he's ralphie may I, I i'm so it still hurts that he's gone yeah i really miss him what a, what a true true man of God like what a true man like he's a genuine man like this heart of gold he would give you whatever he was so I never seen someone so generous who didn't have much but then when he got stuff he wanted to make sure everybody else had stuff but he knew he kept himself on point yeah that's what he I hear for everybody I know that worked with him said he was the uh, most generous that he, he you was, know Paid, paid his openers out of his own pocket. Out, out of, of his own uh, pocket, uh, yeah. extra, more than they should have gotten paid. Or if yeah. they weren't getting paid enough by the, the, the venue, right. he would go into his pocket and give you extra. So he wanted the kid to get his teeth fixed and get himself out of debt. And so he did. He got his teeth fixed. And then to help his mental health, this kid joined the gym. And he started working out. And he's got like a decent body. Then he gets wild and out. Right. And wild and out, literally, at that generation, those Gen Zers, that wild and out is, Nick Cannon's wild, is huge. Yeah. I mean, huge. I, that, like, I was, I, like, you know, 
I grew up in the '80s. This was I, I'm part of the MTV generation. Me too. Like, you know, the, when they stopped playing music, you know, it was over. Yep. And now it's I think wall it's like wall to wall ridiculousness. I don't even think they play anything else on well, there. Well, they had on RuPaul's right Drag Race on there for one season, and now it's gone. Didn't it go to VH1? It's on. It, it was on VH1. It went to MTV. Went to well, it went to Paramount Plus, then to MTV, and now it's back on Paramount Plus. That show will just not sashay away. No, it better not. That's yeah. my jam. Are you kidding? I live like <laughs> I have cable TV for two reasons: Bravo, Yankee Games. Because I love sports. I really do. in football. Yeah. So I watch sports. I watch Bravo. And I watch Drag Race. That's all I watch on network. I don't... Oh, I'm sorry. I lied. Chicago PD, Chicago right. uh, Mad, and Chicago Fire. I, I cut the cord. I don't have cable anymore. Nice. Um, and I... But because the only thing I would really need cable for that I can't watch anywhere else is, you know, is sports. Yeah. Like, I'm a big Knicks fan. And I was saying to my friend, I'm like, it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm illegally streaming the Knicks game from my computer to my TV. It's going to be really embarrassing if my computer freezes up because of spam on my computer from watching the Knicks game. Yeah, because the Knicks is already spam. Because half of those <laughs> and half of those games, half of those games, I don't even come. So. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to put on my my uh, my uh, sound effects. I forgot. I should apply. I forgot the plug. <laughs> oh yeah, I have tons of sound effects. It's so it's so sad. If this is what my life has come to, was cheesy sound effects, so this is my What do you favorite. mean what it's come to? You mean this is what your life has continued to be? <laughs> I have a cord for the, 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 the pod track here to connect my phone. Did I do it? No, I didn't do no. it. Because, you know, why would I be so professional? But, uh, yeah, this whole... We're old school here. You yeah, know, we're we, so old we, we hold the, We hold the sound effect machine up to the microphone. <laughs> like when we used to record songs off the radio that way. You oh, remember? I loved recording songs off the radio. And there was always, you had to deal with the, the DJ talking right. through the beginning. You're like, shut up! And if you're really lucky, you have your mother yelling at you in the background. Yes. So that's, you know, <laughs> this, this extras. Oh, God, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These kids today will never know what it's like to struggle. Jordan, turn that down! Yeah. <laughs> You'll never know what it's like to struggle when your favorite song on the A-track changes channels right in the middle right. of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I came out a little bit before, uh, a little after A-track. I was on. I'm older than you, right? A little bit. I just turned. I just turned 45. Oh, go kill yourself. So you know, still a hot single. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be 53 in September. All right, nice. So, A-tracks were the shit back then. And you, like if it was fucking up, you put like a piece of paper, you'd fold it and stick it in there to make sure it worked right. Okay. It was a little off track. Oh yeah. Or well, if the record had a scratch on it, you put a nickel on it on the needle. You gotta had to MacGyver that shit every day. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got good at fixing things when we were kids because we didn't <laughs> we right. didn't have tech we didn't have downloads and cell phones right. and digital shit. I had the cassette tape where if you know if it got unspooled, you had to use a pencil to Hell yeah. wind it back in. Use a pencil, a pen, or your finger. I would use my pinky if yeah. I didn't have one. Oh yeah, right. we did all that shit. Yeah, we were we had the good old days, man. Good so, old days. But yeah, getting canceled. Like I was telling uh, my best friend Teddy Smith, and uh, we talked about Jocelyn's cancellation and okay. stuff. Because he uh, called me and sent me a screenshot from his Facebook from like 2017 or 2018 around that time. Him and Jocelyn at a club. Yeah. Took a picture together with my girl. My I just ran into my girl Jocelyn Chia here at the club, whatever. And there's a picture of them together, and it's got a little caption from like what six years ago seven years ago whatever and somebody a, a, a facebook account from singapore put an angry emoji on the picture 
And I'm like, wow, they're really searching. They are digging they deep. They are digging deep on this girl. Like, yeah. damn. And I was telling Teddy, I said, this bitch needs to strike while the iron is hot. She needs to book herself in every club right now for the next year at, uh, doing like the, you know, the Singapore canceled whatever right. <laughs> tour. I would, But I would travel by bus, I think, maybe. I would walk. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I think she should take the Chinatown bus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's a New York joke, people. Anything? Nothing? All right, forget it. They got Chinatown buses everywhere. There's a Chinatown. Yeah, which is everywhere. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Malaysia Town's not everywhere. Cause it disappeared. <laughs> Nothing. Am I getting canceled yet? I really need to go viral. And so Teddy and I were talking about this. I said. What the fuck, man? I go, on my album, I did uh, a retarded baby joke about women in their 50s still wanting to have babies, you know, like someone like me. And I said, the kid's going to come out. And it just—it was probably the hardest hit joke on the album. Like, I had to, like, wait right. for the crowd to stop screaming laughing. Like, it wasn't laughing. It was screaming laughing. Right. And I even made that the first clip to promo the album. Right. It got only about 5,000 views and all this love and hilariousness like, oh, my God, that is so real and so funny. Oh, my God, that is hysterical. You're so you're so awesome. You're so real and honest up there. And I, and which I love, and thank God that so people it love it. So it didn't go. You didn't get a lot of the trolls coming after you. I got no trolls. No trolls. I got one troll on my album on one of the clips that said, "I am not going to listen to some trans woman who smokes a pack of Newports every day and drinks some weird beer." Well, obviously, you and gotta, I said, "I go, oh, so I can't ask your mom?" <laughs> you know, and that was my response. I love trolls. I love them because I'll screenshot their shit, right. And I post it and go, "Have at them." And I've had people like come for me on my album. Like, she, I don't find her that funny. And then I go, but then they send me a friend request, and it's sitting in my in in the waiting room that I haven't responded to. I go, then why did you friend request me? I didn't friend request you. And it says following, and it says friend requested. And I'm like laughing, and I'm showing her the screenshots. The entire thread went on for three days. Right. And people were just attacking her to the point where she inboxed me and said she was sorry. Hey. I said, don't be sorry. I go, I enjoyed it. I go, you don't, ups- I'm sorry I upset you. I go, you didn't upset me. I go, you're the one who's upset because you had to say something and you had to fight with hundreds of people. Right. <laughs> so I, I just was enjoying it. I go, thank you for the laughs and the good time on the thread and I will take it down. So how did I take it down? I just blocked her and I right. left it up and let people play with it. Well, so here's the other question then. I mean, yes. how many jokes do you have about Malaysian airline uh, that went missing? Uh, not enough, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I've had, like, the other day about the Matt Rife thing, some guy said some some horrible shit, like, like, like you need to burn in hell with the rest of those, you so-called haters, and, <laughs> I know, you know, the Matt you, Rife you thing Matt is, Rife fans, and he was going in on me, going in, and I thought it was funny at first, and he said, you need to go to that place in that gift, which was hell, and you need to go to hell, and you deserve it more than Hitler. All because I just said I, I'm going to identify from now on as Matt Rife. I'm a trans comic because I want to go viral. You know, like, 
he, I have to burn in hell before Hitler? The people that take this stuff so seriously, they're just, you know. I looked at him. I'm like, ugly dude who ain't going anywhere. Just not fun people to hang out with. Mm. And you don't want them at your comedy shows. Don't I, don't come to a comedy show if yeah. you're going to be, if you're going to, you know, walk around with a stick up your ass that far. That you, you, Yeah, that you're that angry. You know, yeah. and it's like, and so I screenshotted all those comments and I posted them on my page. And I said, this guy is the funnest guy on this thread. Nice. And let people go after him. Right. And it's just like, all right, go ahead. I don't <laughs> care. Dude, you're not going to upset me because, you don't, you know, I have four constants, like four things I go by to see if something's going to upset me. It's very simple. Does it pay my rent? Nope. Do they put clothes on my back? Right. Nope. Do they put food on my table? Nope. Does he eat my pussy? Nope. Then you can't have no power over me. Yeah. <laughs> None. None. You don't mean anything to me. If you don't hit with that criteria, you're out. I don't care. No yeah. love. Yeah. So. I, I always feel like sometimes, you know, comedians and, and a lot of these artist circles like this is a feeding frenzy, like fucking piranhas when any kind of weakness comes out like that, when anything is almost you know going to be canceled. People come out of the woodwork to pick sides. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not the you're missing the point of all of this. Yeah, I'm making fun of it because it's like everybody's so upset about it. So I'm like, fine, I'm going to be Matt Reif. I want everybody to talk about me and share my shit. I want to sell out theaters in five minutes. Right. What did I say? The comment I made was, uh, well, that el that el escalated swiftly <laughs> because apparently Ta the rumor was that he was dating Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah, that so, was cute. That's you know. cute. <laughs> I wish he was dating Taylor Swift. I, there's, there's one joke I almost that I that I that I wish I had put out. Uh, you know that could have been cancelable, uh, uh, and I decided not to uh, tell me, uh, tell put me, it tell out. Me but I love cancel uh, jokes. But but uh, when when Kobe Bryant died, there was a lot of backlash to anybody that wrote jokes about it. Yeah. And I had a really good joke, but I didn't I didn't post it. Um, can you say it here? Yeah, I can say it. I love it. Um, and, and I thought of this the day that Kobe Bryant died. Okay. Uh, Which, by the way, I was very upset. Yeah, because I love Kobe. So the joke is, this is probably a bad time to talk about the dangers of helicopter parenting. Good night. <laughs> it's a good joke. It's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, they would have murdered you. Yeah, but can I tell you who's that? How much better that joke was than Ari Shafir? Oh yeah, the, yeah. The Ari Shafir wasn't didn't have any jokes. And in I it. love Ari. Like that's my dude. I've known Ari since we started. Yeah. And I love him to death, but I didn't. I didn't see what was so funny about it. Yeah, no, I didn't understand it. He like, was totally off, completely way on off. That. And, yeah. and Ari's brilliant. Like Ari is sharp. I think he that is, might be the only joke Ari's ever apologized for. Uh, is like you know, whoops, I, uh, we, you know, not for the joke, but having you know, whoops, uh, you know, I say some crazy things, and I went a little too far on this one. Looks like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's. Uh, I I just wish it was funny. Yeah. Because then I could have appreciated it. Because no right. matter, see, for me, which which we all know as comics, this is how we deal with tragedy. This is how we process taboo subjects, tragedy, loss, death, uh, you know, you know, pain, suffering. This is how we process it, so we can actually break it down logically and able to make a solution out or find a solution in right. it. And that's what comedy is. It's healing, you know, taking, you know, if you block things and pretend it's not there and don't listen, la, 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 you can't say that, you can't say that. It's like you're blocking any kind of progress, any kind of healing, yeah. any kind of anything. Well, the great thing about comedy also is that it's like a huge umbrella of what constitutes it you know what's, right. what 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 you can do on a stand up stage the the variety is just stunning i mean you can do really lowbrow puns you know wordplay type jokes and you can do the type of stuff where you're getting emotionally invested and you're talking about real stories and you get raw and and vulnerable yeah. and and then hit the audience with some 
like fucking heavy punchlines. Yep. You know, I feel like the best comedy is stuff that helps change the way you think about stuff. You know, Chris Rock's bit about, you know, uh, uh, bullet control. You know, yes. those kinds of things. It's so, a great bit. It's a lot of great social issues that can be mm-hmm. broken down by looking at them f- through comedy lenses. And you realize the absurdity of a lot of it. And I think that the same thing can be, t- you know, f- it's interesting to me that there, we're only kind of just starting to talk more about mental health and the ways that we cope with, you know, mm-hmm. difficult life shit yeah. and suicide and, you know, yeah. murder and drug addiction and all that on stage in a way that doesn't demean any of those if, exactly. experiences yeah and, and it doesn't that, make the it doesn't tell doesn't say you're bad for doing this right it's like this is a problem and if we can laugh a little bit because laughing is cathartic the endorphins are going you could actually like process okay okay let's take care of this now like let's now we can actually talk about it we the elephant in right. the room is the tragedy you know i like to tell people all the time at my you know in my group sometimes you know in my support group that the elephant in the room at my house it, the, it gets invited to the party. Like yeah. the elephant in the room is wearing a party hat. Yes. No, but it's true. And it should wear the party hat because it looks so cute on an elephant. Yeah. I think elephants are just adorable. I love them. Yeah. But it's like, but that's Mine's why... a pink elephant. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, happy pride. I mean, I'm just, it's probably, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably Disney that put that into my, that visual into my head. Well, there's that moving company here in New York, right. the, the pink elephant or something like that. And I'm like, I just want to move so they will move my stuff because I want a big <laughs> fat ass pink elephant with his butt on the door moving my furniture. Like how hot is that? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that big fat ass. It's his Instagram <laughs> pose. Ah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, this whole it's it, a, it's, it's it's just crazy. I how. believe they, they they should change their name though. Should the moving company should be called Junk in the Trunk, I guess. Ah, uh, but um bum. <laughs> yes, you are a marketing genius, Jordan. Yeah. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's it, people that come to comedy like I I'm sure you notice this, especially when you go on the road. Like last night, I was in uh, Rensselaer, New York. Stop I know. bragging! I know it's the hot spot for the jet setters yeah. out there. You know, <laughs> you know. Over the, I, I looked at it as like I was Dorothy with the, you know, with the cowardly lion, the scarecrow, and the Tin Man looking over the water at Oz, which was Albany. You know, right, right. <laughs> and it's literally this club was right by the train station. Okay, right at Amtrak, like literally right there. So. You know, it's a it, it's a restaurant that's two floors. They open up the upstairs and they make it an event space, and it has a bar and they have a place. I, I told them that they should build a little stage if they want to do stuff like that here. And but the owners of this place, adorable Korean family. It's a Korean fusion place. Okay, adorable. I mean, could not. I just wanted to put them all in my pocket. They right. were so cute. And <laughs> they said, yeah, the mayor bought six tickets. He's coming tonight. So apparently, this mayor. Uh, you know, likes to support small business because he's born and raised in Rensselaer. So this is his whole life in this small little podunk town that's like that, like the idiot kid, like the little slow kid down the street from hot-ass Albany. Right. You know, he wants to be part of the cool kids. The kind of guy who knows, that they, who, who really, really earnestly believes that the train station is to bring more people into town. Yeah, and they just use it <laughs> as to get there and go over the bridge. Yeah. So this is how you escape Rensselaer yeah. town. <laughs> you get to Rensselaer, you don't look at anything, you just keep moving yeah. forward to Albany. <laughs> you know, and and they they really support small business up there and they're really into like building up events there because they have nothing. Right. In rent the only thing they have close is the Albany Funny Bone. 
which is in a mall, you know. Yeah. So, and the guy was like, yeah, you know, all we have is the Albany Funny Bone, and it's in the mall, and we have nothing here for us, you know, and Poly Tech's up there. So, you had a lot of college kids up there. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of profession, a lot of legislators, because it's Albany. They all come through the Amtrak train station. Right. You know, it's one of the six, the kid told me it's the six busiest train hub in the country. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Rensselaer, the hot spot for Amtrak. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but he goes, yeah, we're trying to build up stuff here for events. So we're trying this out. So you guys are the first show to come in. So uh, it, it was sold out. It was only 50 seats, small little event space, but it was, that crowd sounded like 300 people. Yeah. And they were so appreciative and so happy and just so and the and the mayor you know i roasted his ass the whole time and made him part of the bits and stuff you know Perfect. how i do yeah and um so uh you know at the end he waited came up to me and shook my hand and thanked me for coming up there and helping start you know and supporting his city and he's trying to build it and it was just it was really a lot of fun and i forget where i was going with this there was a point to this joke of this this story and i fuck alzheimer's I'm sorry. <laughs> well i mean we were talking about you know the cancel culture and how oh right uh, so i literally lit up this mayor i lit up the whole world like you know how i am i'm yeah. a roaster i'm a, i don't i have no fear i don't give a shit and people are like, and, uh, oh, I'm afraid to see what Christy's going to do with, because uh, I went up with Frank Vignola, you know, it was me and him. And he goes, I can't wait to see what you do to the mayor. Like, he was nervous. And I'm like, dude, I owned that mayor, bro. And people just, I'm, that's what it was. Because all the cancel shit, I know, I don't use Twitter. I have a Twitter account. Yeah. I don't use it. You know, I, I, I don't understand. I never understood it. I never saw the appeal of it because it's, you know, 140 characters and it's constant moving. And it's like, I, I never got the habit. I liked the, I liked the stuff with Instagram, a little bit more elaborate. I loved Facebook because you could really get elaborate on there and more quality content. And I find that Twitter is where all the crazies are what? and all the cancel, all the angry people. Because when you play, that's, that's where I was getting to with that, is that when we go on the road, like, like Rensselaer or a small city or go to Nashville or wh wherever you go, Philly or whatever. Yeah. And you go to these places, not once do I deal with people going, um, you can't say that. That's not right. I'm canceling you. I've never met anyone. Right. In these clubs, they're like, yeah, thank they're like, thank you for being so real and letting it out. Like, we were so happy that you just said what we were thinking, but everybody's afraid to say it. I said, that's the beauty of this, but I never find any of that animosity in the clubs. I only find it on Twitter. It's online, yeah. People that, that you know, these keyboard warriors that want to be tough and, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to a friend of mine about how, like, I don't know what happened to the internet because it used to be the place that we all, like, when the, when the internet started, it was like this vast landscape where you get to connect with other people that have similar interests from all yeah. over the world. Yeah. And now it's a place where you go to shit on everybody else's interests. <laughs> yeah, you go to connect like, with people to destroy them. It turned it, it, it used to be a beautiful place to share and now it's just like what the fuck happened? It's Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, there should be a game show called the Twitter Games and you just kill each other online until the last one standing wins or something. I don't know. It's, yeah. so, it's so negative. Like I hate it now. It's, but you know, it, 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 there are still you know places out there where you know you can connect with people, and it's it's hard to ignore the you know the the cacophony of negative negativity that's on online, but it's possible to just try to focus on the positive stuff, and 
you know, have fun fucking with the trolls and not have yeah. to be, you know. Not like, making it life or death. And it's like, it's so funny. They talk about cancel culture. You have to be, you can't say that. You have to act like this. You got to do this. You can't do that or you're bad. But you ever notice all the people that they say are bad get blown up. They get manager, like they're nobodies, and they get blown up. They get management. They're touring the country. They're getting TV deals or book deals. They're uh, successful. And the ones that are doing it, quote unquote, right, the right way, are just being ignored. And it's like you, I go. This is the problem: is that we're rewarding bad behavior by blowing them up and making them go viral uh, and, and 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 celebrating that. When you say you don't want to celebrate that, you want to celebrate this, but you kind of shit on this and celebrate what you're trying to fight. Yeah, it's it, it, a lot of it is backwards. I think that, you know, um, that used to be that the cream rises to the top. Right. No matter what you did, you yeah. know, old school. That was what that it was is. Old, you just yeah. had you just had to have the right talent and get, yep. keep getting up Mooney there. And kept telling me that. Yeah. Homie, don't worry about it. cream rises to the top. Well, you know, we now we have a fucking whole generation of people that are lactose intolerant. Good night. That don't eat. <laughs> you know that like uh, you know that they're gluten free. That are gluten free and, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, obviously, I'm using that as a, I'm making a terrible joke there, but it's. Uh, I'm enjoying it. So, but don't you know, worry about I, I, the the. Uh, there's so many other things that go into it now. It's not enough to just be talented. You have to be a, a, a genius marketing manager. You have to know how to do, you know, audio visual. You know, you have to know how to. You have to be a better marketer and and uh, create. Uh, what is it like an editor or marketer more than actually the content? Because you yeah. notice it's not content that goes viral. It's crazy shit that goes viral yeah. or crowd work or. So a slip and fall or, you know, it's not even content. Right. You put out decent content. Nobody gives a well, shit. Well, they just had that show. Uh, I forget, you know, on the, on, uh, the Food Network is like the, the worst cooks in America viral mm. sensation edition. Wasn't Rich Aronovich on R- that? Rich Aronovich was on it and he was up against the woman that had fucking Gorilla Glue in her hair. You no, know, you know, yeah. he was up against her. Well, she was one of the other viral sensations that was on there. Did he? Did he stick her hands to her head so she couldn't cook? <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh my god. You know, so I don't know. I don't. I. I. I, I don't think anybody's ultimately cancelable. I think you know people can lose some revenue stream. I think you know the the comics that get to a certain level and get thrust into a spotlight and aren't ready for it are yeah. the ones that you don't see with frequency. But people that have been doing this for 20, 30 years, you put them into a spotlight and they're going to fucking shine. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, these, these, these outrage of the week kind of things are, are a distraction, I think, from, you know, a lot of things. And quite honestly, like, like we just have been talking about, the people mm-hmm. that make those comments online that, 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 that want to tear her down, Jocelyn Chia, they're not in the clubs, you know. Yeah, they're the, not. The people that were in the club that night, they didn't get up and walk out and protest. You know, she's still. You know, I, I, I think people are just too sensitive to this thing, and it's like you're missing the point of what comedy is. It's like I can't believe you said that. Yeah, that's why you. We came to a club to talk about the, the shit that you're not supposed to talk about. That's why we exactly. I was just gonna say that. That's why we get paid to get on that stage because you don't talk about that shit in your normal everyday life at your day job by the water cooler. You have a comic do it for you so you can actually live like we say what you're thinking or what you're feeling or what you're trying to deal with. And we make it easier for you to think about it and deal with it and progress and maybe talk about it by using the comic like like with uh, you brought up Chris Rock earlier. With his with his uh, show, Selective Outrage. Yeah, I loved it. Thought it was great. I loved his show and it needed to be said. 
But it's like people talk about that. They start fighting. But if you start talking about, oh, Chris Rock said this. Oh, that was hilarious. Right. And then it becomes like this. But it's been, you know, it's been a couple of years now where it's happening a lot. Like when Bill Mm -hmm. Burr hosted SNL, when when Chappelle. Brilliant, brilliant, by the way, that monologue. Brilliant, I thought also. And Chappelle, his specials and all of the the, the, the trans material that he's doing. Like, there's all of this outrage without having, like, any, without either side stopping to think, hey, by the way, (laughs) these are supposed to be fucking jokes. Yeah, and also with with, uh, Chappelle's uh, story about his trans friend. It was a, he was he was telling his experience right. with this person that he became close friends with that killed herself because of the Twitter trolls. Yeah. And he was telling his experience like it, he wasn't making it up. He wasn't talking about like a what about this or what if this had happened? Yeah. It was his personal heartfelt experience from this man. And they tore him apart for having an experience and talking about it like. Like you're missing the point. It's like you're picking and choosing trigger words and then you're turning it into a weird context that doesn't even fit the narrative of what it really is about. Yeah. And <sighs> at, the, at the bottom of all this, you know, I, uh, th- th- the thing I love about comedy is that you can really talk about anything. And it's hard to think that there are topics that we limit ourselves from talking about based on our experience because we, I, we think that we'll turn the audience off or that we think it, they won't connect with it. And I think, you know, as somebody that d- does go a little hard and does does yep. some you know heavier heavier topic type yep. jokes, I think that when you find the right audience for those things, they're so appreciative of being able to have that start a conversation. Yeah, like they don't feel alone in their thoughts. Like right. this comic is talking about this. This must be a universal thing because this comic is talking about it. And what are we supposed to talk about? Topical shit. The current events. What's happening in the world in the society today. You know, and that's, I wish people like, I wish I wish Paul Mooney was still alive. You know, that's that was my godfather. That was my, my, uh, the, the, my, my family. I wish and, Mikey D was still alive. Mike, <laughs> Mike DiStefano. Oh, yeah. he, oh. He, you know, I wish Mike DiStefano, Paul Mooney and Bill Hicks were still alive and just have the three of them just talk (laughs) about how they get hated on and shit on. And, you know, but it's just God, it's just it's it's such a I mean, we have we have us. Yeah. You know, and someone like, you know, like like a Bill Burr who's not afraid to say shit and like. You know, and I love Louis C.K. And so what? You know, how many girls do you know go to your hotel room at four in the morning for what do you do? Play Scrabble? Right. (laughs) With Louis C.K. If a comic invites you to the room at four in the morning after the show, you better get your knee pads out or get your chapstick on, honey, because they're not looking for a fucking they don't want to Netflix and chill. You know, like for real. When the whole Louis thing came down, I just was like, I remember reading an article where he was talking about how he misses being able to go out and bomb in small rooms. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't realize he meant his hotel rooms. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just like, and he's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. Everybody's doing fine. Nobody gets canceled. They just get, they just find a new focal point to focus on. I mean, it's hard enough to make a living in this business as it is. Yeah. um, To worry about you know the cancel thing. I think you you can't get canceled until you're making a living, can you? I don't yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you going to cancel? I haven't me? I haven't started yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this 27 years. I've made eight dollars. Like, come on, people. Right? Yeah. The joke I do is I tell people that you know the the open mic scene and the amateur comedy scene is the great place to lay low if you're on the lamb from the law. <laughs> you're trying to hide lamb. out from the authorities. Start doing comedy. Yeah, because nobody will see you. Nobody will see you. <laughs> I've been doing comedy for 22 years, putting myself out there in every platform you can think of. Still. 
Never been discovered. Yeah, I feel like we're in the witness protection program right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, that's a great place to put somebody. If you're in the mob, you want to get out, and you rat out all your fucking, you know, all the wise guys and the bosses, do stand-up. Yeah. Just hit the open mics. No one's going to know it's you. Exactly. Nobody's going to care. Just be a bit more selective about the clips you put on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> crowd work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about you. Just talk about the crowd. <laughs> Forget about it. But, yeah, it's just this whole cancel thing and this whole craziness. It's just, it's just it, to me. It's like, who are we gonna bully this week? Listen, I my my podcast and the and the and the, com- and the comedy that I've been doing lately, all about like grief and, and mental health stuff. Like I've managed to find different ways to make people uncomfortable, and it's not uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love it. Just but, found an alternative road there that people don't want to come to that with me on. It's <laughs> so funny. You know what I like to ask all my guests in the studio? Is there a comics bit, like one bit from a comic that you wish you had written? That you go, fuck, I wish I wrote that. It was brilliant. Mm. I don't know if I should I should have asked you this before you came on to give you time to think about it, but so I forgot because I'm th- a bad host. There are a lot of bits that I, I don't know if I ever really thought to myself, man, I wish I had wrote that. Because I, you know, uh, but there are a lot of jokes that I have memorized over the years that I have shared. You know, this right. is, I, I'm, I, I'm like a joke encyclopedia. Yeah. I know a lot of other comedians' bits. Me too. Yeah, um, I, I love that. So, okay, then tell me one of your favorites or a couple of your favorites if you can. Um, let's see. I did, some of them are like really old jokes that these comics don't even do anymore. Perfect. But like my friend Andy Pitts used to do a joke. About uh, the phrase, I got to pee like a racehorse. Mm-hmm. He would say, what does that mean? Like, you're going to have a little mini- like like midget on your back whipping you in the ass while you take a piss? <laughs> it's American standard out in front. <laughs> Urinal cake second. Horrific odor fourth. And uh, c- cigarette butts in there. Cigarette butts always in there. Out of nowhere. Unknown pube. <laughs> That's cute. I love it. I love it. Uh, my friend Brett Allen, I don't know if you, Brett Allen, he, he's not really doing comedy anymore, but he had Aww. some great bits. He did a bit about how George W. Bush was trying to infiltrate the drug com- uh, cartels so they could bring down the drug cartels. And he's like, that's not how you do it. You've got to find somebody to infiltrate the Ziploc factory. And when the, the order comes in for 30,000 of those tiny little baggies comes in, you follow that guy around. <laughs> he knows where the drugs are. Either that or he makes really tiny sandwiches. <laughs> Either way, he's a good guy to know. <laughs> That's cute. He's like, what is that, peanut butter jelly? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> is there anybody that well-known that we know that you love, a, a bit of theirs that you loved? Oh, I was I, I was a Carlin guy from day one. Okay. Um, and the 2,000-year-old man. I always loved the 2,000-year-old man. <sighs> the 2,000-year-old man is still one of my favorites. Uh, for those that don't know, it's Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. It was yep. recorded in 1958. Oh. I think it's still one of the funniest comedy routines of all time. And a lot of it was just ad-libbed, yep. improvised. And he talks about uh, the origin of words. He's like, what, are you, what is the, or, you know, the origin of words? Uh, onomatopoetica. A lot, of words, a lot of words came about because of the way they sounded. Like, take the word shower. It was a, you know, sha, sha. And then they added the hot water. Ow, shower. <laughs> was, uh, well, then what do you? Then well, why do they call a nose a nose? Well, what are you going to pick your ear? <laughs> <laughs> They're so stupid. It's so stupid, but just classics. Yeah, that's amazing. And now, I love lots of Carlin. I know lots of Carlin bits, like yes. you know the bits like. Uh, did you ever notice that people who are really pro-life are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? <laughs> yes. 
I had I saw him when I was a teenager at the Circle Star Theater in San Carlos, California. The Circle Star Theater is gone now, which yeah. sucks because it was such a fucking venue. Because it was stage was in the middle and it spun really slowly, so all the seats around right. always got a front view of you. Right. So I saw him <laughs> there, and he, you know, I had to get merch because I was that eighteen-year-old that had to have the merch. Yeah. And I got his poster. Remember his original seven words you can't say on TV? Right. It was 2,136 words right. at that point. Right, it was point. the whole poster. And yeah, it was a blue it. poster I've of his seen head. It, yep. Yeah, I had that poster on my wall over my bed. And that poster was just, that was my life. I loved that poster more than anything. I love that whole bit. That whole seven dirty oh, words is still genius. great. it's genius. It's genius. You know, the, you know, shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksuck, a motherfucker, tits. Tits yeah. doesn't even belong there. It sounds like a snack, and it is a snack. <laughs> but it sounds like a nickname, like, hey, tits, how are you? It's my friend Toots. Toots, tits, tits, toots. <laughs> I love that shit so much. Uh, we've added, uh, since the original list, we've added fart, turd, and twat. Yep. Shit, piss, cut, motherfucker, tits, fart, turd, and twat. Yeah. Yep, I remember that. That was... Uh, motherfucker doesn't belong in there because it's, you know, fuck, it's a second, it's a, a, a compound word, but, it, you know, you need it in there for the rhythm. Coxica motherfucker tits. Coxica motherfucker tits. <laughs> you can't go, you know, you can't, you can't go like, you know, shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker tits. You ro- it throws it off. It? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was the greatest. God, I love that man. But, um, so, and another thing I always ask my guests, because for me... You know, and comics, especially us, and, and, and working with Paul Mooney for all those years I worked with Paul Mooney, he used to close his set on street jokes. Okay. And he would Mooneyize them. All right. He would make them Mooneyed and destroy because he would, you know, put his Mooney ties to it. So I love a good street joke. So give me one of your favorite street jokes. Okay. I got to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go through a couple of rapid fire ones here. I love it. Do it. Bring, do two or three. Uh, my favorite one that someone else on the street told me, I, when I was, uh, is, uh, what do you say to a woman with no arms and no legs? Nice tits. <laughs> uh, man takes his wife to the doctor for a checkup. The doctor comes out and says, you know, your wife has some strange symptoms. We can't figure out exactly what she has, but we've narrowed it down. She either has AIDS or Alzheimer's. Guy goes, well, what the hell do I do with that? Doctor says, here's what you do. You take her out to the middle of nowhere. You drop her off. If she finds her way home, don't fuck her. <laughs> uh, I've heard that one before. It's hilarious. Um, and this one, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, an, uh, an Irish bar catches fire. The fire department shows up to put out the fire, but before they do, they notice there's still an old Irish man sitting at the bar. They manage to pull him out just before the whole place collapses. They say, sir, do you know how the fire started? He says, how the hell should I know? Place was on fire when I went in. <laughs> it's a terrible Irish accent, I guess. Right. You almost sounded Jewish. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jirish. <laughs> I'm Irish. <laughs> Oh, God, Jordan Ferber, I love you so much. And we have to do more gigs together because you're fucking hilarious. And uh, I just want you to tell all the kids out there, all of our schoolers, uh, where they can find you on the social media. Right. You can follow me on Instagram at BeatnikNudnik. I'm also at Where's the Grief and at Russell Ferber Foundation. My family runs a foundation in honor of my brother, Russell, who uh, who passed away 21 years ago. We do a big fundraiser for our foundation every year, and this year it's uh, June 20th. Oh, wow. It's coming up in... uh, How exciting. I don't know when this is coming out, but it is coming up. This will be out out tomorrow. Yeah, so it'll be out. So you can go to russellferberfoundation.org, and you can get tickets for our event. Uh, It's a comedy show. Who's on the lineup? And a raffle and a silent auction. My lineup this year, I got Graham Kay. Fantastic. Uh, Gina Brian. Love. And Brian Scalero. Love. And uh, it's going to be, we've catered by the Grand Daisy Bakery and Jeremy's Ale House. Uh, we got free beer and wine and lots of uh, food. 
And uh, my podcast, Where's the Grief? That's really kind of where, where I've been putting a lot of my eggs is in those two baskets there. Nice. Um, I'm coming up on um, episode 168 of that podcast. Wow. And I'm going to be headlining a show in Denver on July 6th. I'm going to be doing half an hour uh, when I'm in Denver, July 6th. Fantastic. Where at? Uh, shit, I forget the name of the place. <laughs> Hold on, I have I it. I hate that when I'm like, I'm somewhere and I don't know where, but I'm there. I have it. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up. You can edit this dead air out, No, right? it's all right. Just, uh, we'll just keep talking. Just keep looking. And uh, for all of you guys, you know, you can follow us right here. You can just follow, you know, me at Christy Miller Comedy on all the socials and the YouTube channel. And uh, if you love me, I am Christy Miller. And if you hated me, I've been Kathy Griffin. <laughs> That's my closing joke. Isn't that sad? <laughs> That's how I close. <laughs> What's your favorite street joke that you tell? Oh, God, I have so many of them. Um, I love one of my favorites. Uh, a man walks, a black guy walks into a bar and he sits down and on his shoulder is this beautiful, colorful parrot. And he sits down and the bartender looks at him and goes, wow, that is beautiful. Where did you get that? And the parrot goes, from Africa. Da, 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 da. I've heard the same <laughs> joke as it's, it's a rabbi with a parrot. And he walks oh, yeah? into a bar and the guy goes, wow, that's really cool. Where'd you get that? The parrot goes, Brooklyn, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God, you're the best. So, so where are you at in Denver on July 6th? July 6th in Denver, I'm going to be at the Black Buzzard Theater at Oscar Blues. It's 1624 Market Street, downtown Denver. Fantastic. And that is a 7 o'clock show. Nice. If you're in Denver, go check out my man, Jordan Ferber. This weekend, I'll just be Friday and Saturday night on the Midnight Show with The Pair on June 16th and 17th. And, uh, well, tonight I'll be at The Pair at the 1015 show in the Midtown location. But you guys won't know that. because You, are, you guys already out. missed that one. You missed it, bro. Where were you? I'm sad for you <laughs> but Jordan thank you so much for being on my show I love you to pieces back and, at you uh, we will see you guys or hear you guys or yell at you guys next week deuces oh, yeah